0: Although American Civil War and UK history is a hobby, there are small costs associated with running a podcast. So if you enjoy our content, please support the show. You can do this by pressing the support the show button or pressing on the link to buy me a coffee in the show notes. Thank you for your continued support. Daz, American Civil War and UK history. Cheers. Hello, I'm Daz and welcome to American Civil War and UK history. Um, this podcast is available as a video on YouTube and as a podcast from wherever you get your podcasts from. We're on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, and you'll find all the relevant links in the description below and on the topic we're talking about today. So joining me, uh, we have a group of Napoleonic reenactors, uh, and they will be marching 30 miles over two days in aid of a charity called Waterloo Uncovered. Would you guys like to introduce yourselves, please? Um, I'm Liam, Uh, I'm part of the
1: 44th uh, Living History Group, 44th East Essex Regiment of Foot, uh, and I'm one of the guys that's going to be taking part in this fundraising challenge.
0: Thank
2: you. Uh, My name's Dave, I'm also part of the 44th uh, Regiment of Foot, Um, joined originally in 2000, so been part of it for quite a while, a brief brief time away whilst I was in the Navy, but uh, yeah, best part of 20 years in the group, and I'll also be taking part in the a 30 mile challenge.
3: I'm um, Mark. I'm the I'm on the I'm the third member of the seven that's actually taking part in the march. Um, so, all being well, we're gonna make it.
4: <laughs> and I'm Henry, and I'm an archaeologist, and I work for Waterloo Uncovered.
0: Okay, that's great. Thanks, guys. So, before we talk about the march, could you one of you please give us a brief history of the 44th East Essex Regiment of Foot? and their involvement in the Battle of Waterloo. That's gotta be Dave, right?
2: Right, okay.
3: I jump in on that one, but all right then, Dave. Um,
2: oh, well, wh- whoever wants to really. Um, so the 44th Foot, um, specifically the 2nd Battalion, um, which is what we predomin- predominantly represent. Um, they went out to the peninsula um, relatively late, arriving in um, 1810, um, fighting throughout the Peninsula War until 1813, when they were so depleted they returned to the UK in the intervening period, they fought at Fuentes de Onoro, and they're at Ciudad Rodrigo, um, Badahof, and then probably most famously Salamanca, where they captured a French eagle. A number of other engagements that they took part in, but those being the most noteworthy. Um, eventually returning home in 1813 to re-recruit, and then they deployed at the end of 1813 to the Low Countries to take part in the Berkhoutzom campaign in the Netherlands, um, where they covered themselves in a certain amount of success, and and I wouldn't necessarily say glory, but uh, one of the few regiments that performed well. Although a majority of them were captured um, after that uh, campaign, which was somewhat of a debacle. Um, after the secession of um, hostilities in eighteen fourteen, they formed part of the core in the Low Countries around which the Duke of Wellington's future army was created, um, and remained in the Low Countries until the Waterloo campaign, um, fighting as part of Picton's division at the battle, um, notably at Bras where they fought off one of the first units to arrive from the British army onto the field. Obviously the allies and the, the Dutch Belgians were there before them, um, fought off a, a French cavalry attack in line, um, famously about facing their rear rank and fighting, um, in line cavalry from both directions, quite a feat, um, their colours nearly being captured in the process, although they were rescued, and then uh, falling back with the rest of the army to Mont-Saint-Jean and fighting uh, again as part of Picton's division on the 18th of June. Uh, In a nutshell, that is the
0: 2nd Battalion, 44th. Cool, thank you very much. And uh, so could you also tell us a little bit, guys, about the actual reenactment society that you uh, were reenacting and obviously the, the 44th Regiment as well, a little bit of the history behind that, if you wouldn't mind.
2: I'll pass over to Liam or Mark, I think, for this one. uh,
3: I was going to say, you're number two, Dave.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, but I I think you guys, you know, I've done enough talking.
3: (laughs) So, hopefully, if I get any of this wrong, Dave will correct me. But it was (laughs) founded in 2000? Correct. Yeah, by um, Major General Edwin Parker. Um, We are, like Dave said, we're a second battalion. We're one of the few second battalions that... Actually deploys the first battalion is actually gets sent out to America. It is one of the um, regiments that, that infamously burned the White House. Um, but we, so we, we're a second battalion. We predominantly do Spanish and European events. Um, some of the guys did actually go to New Orleans a few years back. Um, but we normally try to do say one one to two European events a year. This one, we're actually doing the rescheduled 205th anniversary of Waterloo, 207 years up after the event this, this year. Um, but we've been to Holland, Katja we did not too long ago, which was the first ever reenactment of that battle fought in the, on the actual site. So that was the first muskets fired there in over 200 years. we have been to Spain, um, pretty much anywhere that the regiment thought the um, the association has been to. We're um, yeah. also um, a one of the units within the, a larger group called the Napoleonic Association. So if you don't fancy you sent a red coat, you want to be 95th rifle and pretend to be sharp, then um, th- there's an option there, it, or, or God forbid you want to be French. Who would want to do that?
0: Only <laughs> joking. Thanks, Mark. Cheers. Um, so, okay, let's move on to the actual charity, Waterloo Uncovered. So, um, who would like to tell me about the um, the charity, and obviously what what you guys are doing this March
4: for? Yeah, sure thing. Uh, so, Waterloo Uncovered is a charity that uh, started in 2015, and it is a charity that focuses on veteran mental health and care and education, uh, providing opportunities for veterans and serving personnel who suffer from mental or physical health conditions um, and helping them transition into civilian life, uh, including helping them gain um, experience for careers in the heritage industry. Um, We have an excavation at Waterloo every year that forms part of five year-round programs that we do in support of veterans and serving personnel.
0: Okay, thank you. Okay, so we, we'll move on to the march then. so, tell us about what you actually you guys are actually doing, and uh, tell us about um, how the idea came up and who came up with the idea.
1: Um,
0: so, I think it was it was
1: pretty much um, sort of my brainchild, with 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 Dave really sort of jumping on board in support. Um, I actually um, have benefited from Waterloo Uncovered's like wonderful work. Um, I joined the Battlefields Uncovered, one of the uh, sort of online um, academic courses, if you will. Um, I joined one of those courses in September uh, last year and went on to do the second part of that, which I'm I'm just finishing up now. Uh, I'm actually writing an essay um, uh, that goes through the University of Utrecht Summer School. So it's... It's been a real good journey in terms of academics for me, but also in terms of support. Uh, I'm ex-Army, so I sort of qualify through through being a veteran that way. And um, really, I just wanted to come up with something that would give something back to the charity. Um, and I joined the 44th fairly recently. I'm, I'm one of the newest members. Um, I sort of signed on pretty much about the same time as I, I started with um, battlefields uncovered uh the first unit back in september um and yeah so i wanted to give something back and i thought it'd be really good to include the 44th um obviously being being a a, a napoleonic uh british british unit and yeah um and that's where the sort of the, 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 the the idea came about uh and then we sort of bounced ideas back and forth um and one of, the th- one of the sort of really good ideas that we sort of settled on was doing, covering a, a similar distance, uh, it's sort of estimated, that the 2nd Battalion 44th would have covered from there, their uh, billets around Brussels um, prior to Cateau and then down to Cateau and back to Mont Saint-Jean. And it works out, we can't be exactly sure, but it works out roughly about 30 miles. Um, so that's where the, the 40 miles comes from. The, sorry, the 30 miles comes from. Um yeah, and we, we want to do it as as close as close to those, you know, with the kit and, and the sort of mindset and we wanna do it as close to the guys that did it back in eighteen fifteen.
0: Okay, thanks mate. Cheers. So have you guys been doing some sort of training for this?
2: Um, not not as an organized unit. So I think individually we've been going out, um, doing some walks. I went for a sixteen mile walk last week. I went out again yesterday for just under ten so individually i think some of us have been going out and doing stuff and feeding back in sort of encouraging each other to do it because you know it's it's not a short distance particularly with all the weight that you're carrying it's a lot of equipment to be to be lugged along with you so um but yeah i mean it, certainly no organized we're all over the all over the country so getting us all together to do to do the walk would be quite quite a logistical nightmare if if achievable at all but uh, yeah i think as individuals we've been going out Is that fair to say guys
3: uh, no. <laughs> all, right. <laughs> all right. Well, some of us will
2: be more prepared than others.
1: <laughs> like, like Dave <laughs> says, it, it's really difficult to try and get everyone together. I've been doing a bit of training at, uh, at work and sort of in between my shifts. Um, and I know a couple of the other guys have been have been doing bits here and there. But it it is really difficult to try and get everyone in the in the same room. You know, it's difficult to try and get everyone on the same Zoom call sometimes. Let alone uh, Italy, you know to to do some yeah. training. So again, you're all in different parts of the country. Yeah, that's right. Um, well, for the for the walk, the walk itself is taking place in Essex. Um, there are um, quite a few of us going out to uh, out to Belgium for the um, for the reenactment in June. Oh, I um, I believe I believe David and Mark are both part of that. Yeah. Um, yeah that's correct. Yeah. yeah. and yeah. I think I think most of the other guys that are taking part in the walk are um, are joining joining that sort of uh, joining that reenactment as well. Oh, okay.
2: Yeah, the, the the plan is to do it in the UK. It's, it gives us, um, lo, as I say, logistics being yeah. you know, amateur study tactics, professional study logistics, as the saying goes, and logistics <laughs> is a nightmare. So um, if we can do it in the UK, it makes um, things like licensing of firearms, which of obviously we're yeah. carrying with us a lot yeah. easier. Um, although I say we're spread across the country, most of us are in the Suffolk and Essex area, so we're not hugely geographically diverse. So that's why we've chosen the area we've chosen amongst other reasons it's it's fairly local it's not too far away from everybody obviously um, it's a farm we know the owners one of them's on this call so it helps us in terms of of that sort of uh, element of things but uh, trying to organize that in Belgium with all the different um, different town mayors and everything else to to get through yeah French is particularly great and I'm sure that uh, if they speak Flemish it's probably even worse
3: (laughs) and to be honest the terrain of Essex and Belgium's probably not too dissimilar either
1: uh-huh. mm.
3: so it would be a good replication of of the terrain, this sort of small rolling hills rather than anything major but sort of not completely flat as maybe some other areas that we could have done it in to make it easier so hopefully it'll um, be a good rep- representation of it. actually got out and scouted the route beforehand.
2: So I've walked some of it myself, but Liam I think is the only one that's done the whole route in its entirety.
1: Yeah, I, I've, I haven't done it in one sitting yet. I'm saving that for the uh, I'm saving that for the day. Um, but I've done sort of a couple of different route route um, from this end. I'm actually based at Love's Farm, um, which is the location for the overnight stop and sort of therefore the halfway point. Um, yeah, I sort of attacked it from both ends, um, and the majority of it is actually on the Essex Way. So it's a sort of it's a
0: well-established footpath. Okay, cool. Okay, so let's let's move on to what sort of weight you're going to be carrying because, like you said, you're going to be doing it authentically. So, how much weight would a would a soldier be carrying? What would they be carrying? You know.
3: So it's about sixty pounds. So it's is fairly a Liam will probably tell me if I'm right. Unless about similar to what a modern day soldier will carry. Just yeah,
1: it's it's not far off to be fair. It's a lot closer than people would think, actually.
3: Yeah, just a hell of a lot worse of kit to actually carry it in ergonomically. Um, so for example, our packs don't have a frame, they don't have any waist belts, anything like that to help support the load across the body. It's all on the shoulders. Mm-hmm. Um, the canteen weighs a tonne um, because that's an, oak, that's an oak barrel that has to be fought all the time. So, um, and all the straps are just really, really narrow. So they really do cut into yeah. I must say, I have to admit
1: I agree with Mark about the weight, but actually once you 're in it, I find it uh, you know having, i haven't did it i've done a t- I've done tours in Iraq and Afghanistan, and once you 're in it and it's sort of strapped on and you carry a lot of the weight sort of on your body um I found with the cartridge box and the haversack and the bayonet and um and things like that, you sort of it's all kind of on you um i, I think so the, the, the the big
2: difference though I think is that in modern kit you have you carry although you have it over your shoulders and your back does take some of it you do carry some of it on your waist with waist belts and things like packs absolutely yeah. and webbing so that's the real thing you're and particularly with the pack which is quite bulky and it, it sort of drags you backwards there's a, a tendency to have a lot of weight higher up on your body and i do feel that without it on your sitting on your waist it does hurt more particularly when you as mark says you've got such narrow straps i mean the canteen holds three pints and it's got an inch wide straps so there's a lot of pressure mm. dragging down on your shoulders and then you've got obviously all your cross belts and everything else cutting in. so, but yeah, I mean, as, as Liam says, I don't find it particularly uncomfortable, but it's certainly not as comfortable as you'd wear modern. I don't know if you'd back me up on that, Liam.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I think it's distributed. So modern stuff is distributed so much more evenly. Um, Plus, you know, I don't think any of us have really covered the distance um, that we're, we're, we're trying to do, that we're going to do that. We are going to do for Waterloo uncovered. Um, so yeah, it might feel comfy for the first mile or two, but you know, you, you might—I might be giving it—I might be giving you a different response after 29 miles or so. Um, well, I
0: think
1: it's it's a question that I should well. be
0: asking you afterwards, really, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, <I> mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly.
2: Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, ironically, I think the, the footwear is the thing that I'm most concerned about. I've walked 10, 15 miles in hobnail boots before, but I've never done 30 miles in hobnail boots. And yeah. I think that's that's the thing that most of us are a little bit concerned about, as opposed to the weight. I mean, the weight, we we just have to, to get through it and, you know.
0: Yeah, again, I was mm-hmm. going to mention the boots because uh, I know I wear reenacting boots as well. Well, boots, you know, uh, Jefferson Davis for American Civil War and they are a killer. And, you know, I have to plaster my feet up just to wear them for the second day, you know. Um, so, yeah, marching 30 miles in those is going to be a killer. Um, so I'll take my hats off to you. Um, anyway, so uh, what's the plans on sleeping while you're doing this? Are you doing this authentically and you're going to camp? Are you going to cook and, and do all the stuff the soldiers would have done on the march?
1: Uh, yeah, so we we are certainly going to try and um, and keep as close uh, as close as sort of practically and you know health and safety, modern health and safety. You know, we want to keep our guys. You know, we want to look after the blokes that are doing it. Um, but yeah, we we've got so I'm like I say, I'm based at Love's Farm, which is the halfway point. Uh, we we've got a big agricultural barn at the bottom uh, of our of our garden, for want of a better word. Uh, we're going to. I've got a lean-to out the back of there. So it's fairly open. Um, I'm going to clear that out and put some straw down. And that's going to be, you know, we're going to be using the blankets that we're carrying and the great coats that we're carrying. Um, and that's where we're going to be bedding down for the night. I don't know if one of the other guys want to take up the uh, the, the food for the uh, the, the rations for, for the duration.
2: Yeah, so we'll be carrying, um, again, within the limits of... Um health and safety um we would be carrying a pound of beef um that's that's what we've gone for um the choice of beef or pork we're trying to keep it as vanilla as possible without going into things like um you know obviously they would have supplemented rations and provisions on the march by buying in from places but we're going with the bog standard so they would have had either a pound of um, beef or half a pound of pork we're going for the beef um that will probably be kept somewhere so it doesn't go bad and i haversacks have a sacks again health and safety but we'll carry an equivalent weight of that Um, pound of ship's biscuits um, some dried peas some cheese bits of rice and that's basically your provisions for one day so um, given that we're leaving sort of just before midday on on the saturday and hoping to be done by midday on the sunday um, the plan would be that uh, we just have one day because that's all all we'd need Um, i can vouch that ships biscuit is very hard um, I don't know how many of us have tried it but uh, it's certainly not something you'd be wanting to bite into on the march so I think lunch might be the biggest problem um, you definitely need something to dunk it into so obviously breakfast and dinner will be cooking so you've got the the water and the, the soups and broths and things that we'll be making but lunch may may prove to be the most difficult meal to overcome
0: uh, a little bit like hardtack I suspect
2: absolutely a hard is the victorian name for it so yeah,
0: yeah. Okay, cool yeah so of course that's a little bit before isn't it so yeah um okay so um will you guys be documenting the uh, march in any way with uh, I mean obviously of course you're trying to keep this authentic I understand but will you be documenting it along the way or how's that yeah. going
2: yeah so we've got um, a support structure in place so there's a couple of members of the unit who aren't um aren't with us um, doing the march itself he will be available in cars and and, you know other support vehicles should there be anybody who has a problem Um, their secondary role is to um, meet us at certain waypoints pre-arranged and they'll film us and talk to us see how we're getting on provide updates for both ourselves and for the charity so um, they'll be able to put those onto our social media send them to water the uncovered to get onto their social media so the idea would be that there'll be periodic updates without us breaking our immersion too much Um, and that'll all be dealt with by that support team
1: yeah, we're also hoping to have a, a videographer from, from the charity um, uh, that they're going to come in and hopefully speak to the guys at one of, the, uh, one of those, like Dave said, one of those pre-arranged stops.
0: Okay, cool. Um, so this is a question for all of you. How do you actually feel, In and again, I know you're not actually going to Belgium, but you are going to do the march. How does it feel to actually put on the kit and, and, and do something similar that the uh, original regiment did Uh, you know, well over 200
3: years ago. I think it's kind of daunting in a way because we haven't, like, you know, from reenacting in the American Civil War stuff we do, you put the kit on, you go out and do a half-hour battle, you march back and that's kind of it, where suddenly we're doing a whole-day event. So the most i probably estimate I've ever marched in kit would be about five miles, something like that. Is a push just to say that we're going to treble it in one day and then do it again the next. It, it, we're not, yes, they did it back then, but then their bodies were different. They were used to it. If you had to mark, if you wanted to go to the, the, the next town over, which is sort of 10 miles away, you walk there, you walk back. It's not like today where you jump in your car. So it's, it's how hardened our bodies are to, to be able to do this.
2: I think it's exciting, though, for the very same reason that it's different. Um, you know, if it was easy, nobody would, A, want to sponsor us and, you know, there wouldn't be such interest in what we're doing. So, but equally, I think reenacting more specifically living history is changing. And I think it has been for a number of years and certainly other periods that I've done, like World War Two, this is not an uncommon thing to do, to go and live as they did for 24, 48 hours, 36, sometimes a week, you know, um, and I think it's exciting from that perspective to be doing something new, you know, trying to live and experience the life that they, they led. It's not going to be easy. It wasn't easy for them. Um, might've been a, somewhat easier in the sense that they, they knew it, but not all of them knew that life. Some of them would have been new recruits, particularly for the 44th who were decimated in the peninsula and, you know, raised afresh in, in many respects in 1813 in um, and, and again in 1814. So I think it will be, interesting um it will be difficult as mark says i don't don't want to underplay that i think it will be very difficult and i think we'll we'll struggle and many of us will probably be quite happy when it's over but yeah exciting as well and it'll be eye-opening give us an insight that we've not had before so
1: yeah i think i've got to echo both of those I, i agree with with david and mark i think you know i think it is quite daunting um like Mark says, we, you know we are we are as humans these days we are conditioned very differently. I think for me personally having having done quite a lot of walking in modern military kit um, sort of when I, when I served it 's almost a personal challenge in the fact that I, I really want to sort of step into the footsteps of the guys that we represent you know and we want to honor them um, and and really and really sort of push ourselves to you know to compare ourselves to their standard you know. Um, and also the, the huge thing is, is to, to try and raise as much money as possible
0: for, you know, for the worthy cause. Okay. Thanks, guys. Um, so let's move on to the charity again. So if, guys, if people want to support this, uh, where do they go and what do they, what do they have to do?
4: So the uh, march is taking place under a campaign called Reenact for Veterans, which is just about to launch. Uh, And it is encouraging people from all reenactment groups and history enthusiasts to don some historical kit and take on interesting challenges like the ones these guys are doing. Um, You can Google Waterloo Uncovered um, and you'll see Liam's fundraiser will be shared by our social media. Um, I don't know if you guys have, we'll we'll put a a link in the description, uh, but I'm sure you'll probably put one below, won't you? Um, or there's the reenact for veterans campaign um, or as in this picture here there's um, Liam Telfer his just giving page as well and what is the cost of that Liam
1: um, that is um, I'll maybe send the link on because um, it's obviously with it being a just given page it is quite a, uh, a long um, a long link but if you go on to just giving um, it's under just Waterloo March, and and you'll see the, uh, the picture that's
0: in the top left there. Okay. Well, again, everybody, if you want to support this uh, uh, amazing uh, thing that these guys are doing, then please obviously go, like they said, to the Just Giving page. And again, I will be putting it in the description below. And uh, all that's left to say, guys, is good luck. And uh, yeah, hope you do well. Hope you uh, achieve what you want to achieve. Cheers. Thanks so much. Fingers crossed. Thank you very much.
2: (laughs) Cheers.